hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only show where this time I'm not going to do a silly intro because we've got a special guest. You know me. I'm Jay Christie. Andre, that's you. Say hi. Hi. Yes, but we're, we're, not, we're not the important people here. We've got to talk about the show Monk. You know him as Randall Disher, but we know him as the guest for this episode, Jason Gray Stanford. Jason, how are you? Yeah, that's a good intro. I wanted to hear the funny intro. Oh, well, basically every that's single time... Wanted. That's what I've been waiting okay, for. Okay, so every I single time I improvise a thing where I say, no funk and strictly monkin, and then I say something like, the last one we did was, um, if if Joe Biden's first executive order is to ban funkin, we'll be fine, because this show strictly monks, I think is what I said. Yeah, I just, yeah. But I go it. into it never knowing what it's going to be, and it is usually bad, but it's funny bad. Anyway. Yeah, funny, funny bad. Funny bad is good, trust me. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. Uh, I am well. I am well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Uh, and as you guys can see from the title, we're going to first talk generally about Monk, but we're, this is for Mr. Monk Goes to the Dentist, which I think is when I was thinking about when I want to have cast members on, this was one of two episodes to have Randy on, Randy, Jason on for, and, uh, watching it again last night, it really was like, I'm so glad that we have you for this one. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. You know what? It, uh, you couldn't have picked a better, uh, a better Disher episode. <laughs> well, what is, what was the other one? Oh, uh, you haven't seen it yet. Cause... Uh, okay. Jason, I don't know if I explained the conceit, but Andre's watching Monk for the first time. Um, Mr. Monk Goes to a Farm was the other one I was considering, but uh, I, I'm yeah, glad I both, chose this one. Both, yeah, both, both good choices, uh, and uh, Andre, uh, there you go. I, I think we should start with you and see what you think. <laughs> uh, with this episode, uh, honestly, I freaking love it. Uh, first of all, my, <laughs> my dad was a huge fan of the Alan Parsons Project, so anything that uh, you know, touches upon that just gets me right here um and i just love I, I really like watching you on the show you always crack me up like no doubt about it and uh and it was nice to see your uh your music chops let's just say ah uh, there there you go yeah that was uh that was kind of the uh the uh the kind of very beginnings of the randy disher project there in uh, mm -hmm. in, uh mr monk goes to the dentist yes um it's actually funny because I had watched the show when I was growing up and I didn't realize this, but because when we were watching it back in Mr. Monk and the Secret Santa, you, your character mentions offhandedly that he had a band called the Rain yeah. Nature Project. And yeah. I was really excited because I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize they referenced it before. But I mean, so they knew the whole, I mean, I obviously they had the other one probably written by the time they're recording that, but uh, um, I love the Rain Nature Project. Is yeah, that those... the last time I'm going to see it? What was that? Is that the last time we're going to see it? What the Randy Disher project? Yeah, uh, you ne you never know. You absolutely never, <laughs> you never know. know. Yeah, you never know. You know you know, how, you know how you know how bands go. They break up. They get back together. <laughs> uh, um. So yeah. Anyway, let's just. I want to start off with the question that you know is the obvious question to ask, but I think it's always interesting. Um, how did you, uh, Jason Gray Stanford, get on Monk? How did how did that happen? Um. Well, my story is actually pretty unique i auditioned for the pilot episode but not for randy disher because randy disher wasn't even a character at the time mm -hmm. uh, i auditioned for the the what would be bad guy of the uh of the two-part pilot episode the mm -hmm. mayor's assistant yeah um okay. and uh i didn't get it uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um a couple of days later uh they called and they said hey would you come back in and read for this other part? Uh, and I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll totally come in and read for this thankless other part. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the director at the time, Dean Pariseau, uh, was like, uh, listen, no, just come in and read for it. We think you're great for it. 
we really liked what you did for the other part, but you're not getting it. Uh, and I went in and read for a character named Randy Deacons. And uh, sure enough, I got that part. And lo and behold, that character developed and turned into Randy Disher. And somewhere midway through the pilot, our creator, Andy Breckman, came up to me and said, uh, hey, so uh, how do you feel about uh, being on a TV show if we get picked up to air? Up to air? And uh, I was like, all right, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so uh, it, it worked out in a way that uh, was, was really unique because it certainly, uh, you know, it certainly wasn't real, a real full character at the time. And uh, it was kind of created as Monk had Sharona as a foil. Mm -hmm. They wanted Captain Stoudemire to have his own foil as well. Uh, so a um, little, bit, little bit of luck, a little bit of timing. And, uh, you know, there you have it. There you have it. Uh, eight years and a bunch of Emmy nominations mm -hmm. and a couple of Emmys. And yeah. yeah, we were very, very lucky. And I, how, 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 how grateful am I to uh, be a part of that great cast and uh, great crew. Yeah. And the That's thing awesome. is, yeah, and that is an awesome story, but I will say, obviously, I mean, and I'm sure Andy would uh, back this up. It was luck, but obviously you were doing something on the set of the pilot that, um, yeah, I made... certainly hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it, it, it was, it was great. I, I actually, I remember the pilot very vividly because we actually shot the pilot here in my hometown of Vancouver. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I just, I remember shooting the pilot and I actually remember uh, kind of just marveling at how good Tony was mm -hmm. and kind of going, wow, what a unique character. One of the best scenes of Monk ever still is the first scene where he forgets to turn off the stove in episode in mm -hmm. basically the beginning of the pilot. Yeah where he's at a crime scene and all he's all he's fixated on is is did he turn off the stove at home uh and it's still you know just kind of the way that's played uh and you know great credit goes to dean pariso the director who kind of you know made it into a you know a very real comedy uh mm -hmm. as opposed to a slapstick it can be at times but uh kind of just but really grounded all the performances which mm -hmm. uh you know, and, and to everybody and the writing and, you know, the great, you know, the great staff all the way around on work. So do you think if the, cause I think that that's very interesting. Cause the first season we talked about when we were uh, going over it, that it was filmed in uh, Canada. Um, so like, that's part of the luck in it, isn't it? That you were in Canada or would you, I mean, would you have gone for it if you were in LA at the time? I probably, yeah, I would have auditioned for it in both regardless oh, okay. of where, regardless of where I was, but it just happened to, it just happened to shoot in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And if, and, um, I'm not sure if that was a, a benefit to me at the time, but if it was, I'll take it. Take, I'll take any. I'll <laughs> yeah. tell, take any angles I can get. Yeah, it's funny because we remarked. Um, you are not. You're an exception. But when the first season, there were a lot of times where there's like a side character, and it's like that is definitely a Canadian accent. <laughs> we oh, hear right, 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 right. Yeah. No, but you, no, you've I, got it. Honestly, I didn't know you were Canadian until I was doing research uh, for this interview. So yeah, I've I've lived in, I've lived in Los Angeles for years, and I you know, but I certainly certainly am Canadian. The accent comes out uh, definitely sometimes when I'm with uh, with the old homies for mm -hmm. sure. Yes. Okay, I have to I have to jump in real quick uh, just because I need to 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 get into LA whenever I can. Um, Jason, what is your favorite neighborhood in LA, and why? Oh, that's a you know what great question. I actually have. Yeah, you 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 know LA is made up of neighborhoods, um, right? So exactly. I have I have many many favorites. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I lived right in Beverly Hills, right in the heart of Beverly Hills, like right off Cannon, 
Uh, mm-hmm. So oh, that will okay. always have that will always have a place in my heart in kind of an old character like 1920s building that's no longer there, obviously. Um, yeah. uh, and then uh, from there, I kind of graduated into, you know, the heart of Hollywood, West Hollywood, right off the Sunset Strip and Fairfax. Um, right where and, I live. Yeah. And now and now I'm in Studio City. So so I so I say Studio City because Studio City now has just a little bit of everything. Little more space, lots of parking, great you know, food. Has all the restaurants, um, but you know what? You know what? What pocket I really, really like is Los Feliz. It's just yeah, it's, yeah. It's got it's just got so much character, um, and uh, it's it's just it has a little bit of it has a little bit of everything. A little a little touch of all the other pockets. I, I mean, Andre, I'm really glad you got your uh, LA specific question in. Andre, yeah. I, know, I know you're in WeHo now, but Andre, where did you grow up again? I forget what. Was it Los Feliz? Or? I grew up. I grew up in Los Feliz, Atwater Village. Yeah. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Shout out, so shout out to Atwater. Oh, there you go, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> this is a big win. This is Andre's biggest win in the history of the podcast. Honestly, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, but um, so you mentioned how Tony Shalhoub was an incredible actor in the pilot, yeah. and the thing that we found through. Well, we've only talked to three people involved with the show so far, far, but the way that I believe uh, creator Andy Breckman described it was that Tony is an absolute mensch. Now, I don't know if you'd use the same Yiddish word, but is this accurate? And if so, is can you talk a little bit about what uh, Tony Shalhoub brought to the set? Uh, yeah, I, he couldn't be couldn't be more accurate. In fact, uh, you know, it's 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 one of those things. It's kind of like the you know, it's 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 a. Uh, Tony sets by example, mm-hmm. you know, he's not, he's uh, not incredibly, you know, vocal about, you know, rah, 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 cheerleader or anything. He just sets it by his example, his professionalism, his talent, and, uh, you know, his just dedication to the character. He really, I mean, I think, you know, obviously his work speaks for himself. Monk, out all the work he's done outside of Monk. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all can agree that he's a very, very talented. Oh, absolutely. Gentleman. But um, he really, really just kind of set the bar. And it was, you know, our jobs to, you know, keep up, you know. And uh, we were, I was also very lucky. I mean, I got to work with a great cast. We were a very small cast, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But, uh, you know, to be able to work uh, alongside Ted Levine, who has also had an amazing, amazing career, uh, mm-hmm. you know, was wonderful. And obviously, you know, that was, uh, you know, being partners, we spend a lot of quality time together. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing I will say about Tony's. I mean, he really just led by led by example. Uh, and, you know, you can tell by the wealth of guest stars we had on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, half of those guys were Tony's buddies and kind of wanted to come in and work mm-hmm. with Tony. So you can see what kind of reputation Tony has in the business uh, by the uh, quality of guest stars that we mm-hmm. were able to pull. Uh, on Monk and guys who all wanted to come and work with Tony, you know. Yeah. So, well, speaking of guest stars, uh, who who would you uh, say is your favorite uh, experience with, like on set? Oh or... wow, now that that's a good question because you know or we, some we had so many great guest stars mm-hmm. for and and I, like various reasons. Stanley Tucci immediately comes to mind. Uh, when I, Mr. Monk and the actor, because not only are Stanley and Tony really close and to watch those two work together was just kind of a, you know, a, it was like, kind of like, uh, you know, acting class one Oh one. Um, but, uh, he was just, I mean, he was great. He was just great to work with. And, it, and, you know, uh, Disher had a lot of great bits. 
mm-hmm. with his character. Um, so, you know, he just immediately jumps to mind. Uh, I think uh, Tucci also won an Emmy for that episode. So that's always he did. cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, wow. I can't wait to see and he and, all, yeah. and, and also, uh, he's just, he's a great guy. Um, uh, and a very talented one as well. Um, who else? Sarah Silverman was always great when she was on the show because, and I, I barely worked with her on the show, but it was just great with watching with what she would come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who else? I mean, gosh, we had so, so many. And, you know, one of the things I always say, if I ever do any interviews on Monk or anything, I mean, we had big, big name guest stars. We had recognizable face guest stars. We had guest stars that kind of, you know, nobody really knows, or but they're, you know, journeyman actor who've been around forever, right down to the, right down to the guest stars who came in, maybe did one or two scenes or even, you know, a handful of lines here or there. I mean, it took everybody being on point to make Monk work. And if like one, one actor, you know, kind of wasn't on point with the timing, you know, maybe a scene with Tony or something, you know, that scene would fall flat. So, I mean, it's really a testament to everybody that, you know, we had on the show. But uh, I'm trying to think. Favreau was obviously great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just saw him. In, in this episode. Yeah. 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 He, he was yeah. Uh, he was he was pretty good. I think I think he's gone on to do some pretty good things since. Yeah. Month. You know, yeah, he's uh, done some stuff, I think. Yeah. I don't know if he's. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, I was going to I was going to jokingly ask if uh, when you were the dentist chair, he ever he mentioned anything about being like, yeah, I think I might be one of the biggest directors in the world. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, he's quite very, very, very humble. But it was yeah. But once again, there you go. I mean, the the list kind of goes on and on with uh, mm-hmm. with with great with great guest stars. One of the other ones that come to mind, Laurie Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just a terrific talent as well. And I you know barely got to work with her, but just to watch her work with Tony was mm-hmm. you know amazing. And to actually you know to see the finished episode myself and mm-hmm. see what you know a lot of the guest stars do is is really really is terrific so uh yeah i mean yeah i i could i could go we could have we could do mm-hmm. a show on just how on all the cool guest mm-hmm. stars that we have yeah and the thing i was going to add is i think that the thing that you mentioned how there's just not just the top line ones i think it's also notable how many people who went on to be big stars guest yeah, star young jennifer lawrence did her yes first that's on the, our show that's the no, first one to think of but yet. yeah but the one i think about a lot is uh how nick offerman was ran was the murderer in mr monk in the election and he's yep. like you see him and it's like oh my god that's nothing like he's ever been before but or rain wilson was a murderer once and it's just there's just so many Holt people mcgillaney what yep. holt mcgillaney oh yep. right yeah i completely forgot he was on it too right. um yeah so i think that that just goes to show like clearly someone in the right. casting department was doing something right we we like to say we launched all their careers on. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've joked many times in this podcast that uh, I'm gonna send a try to get uh, Jennifer Lawrence's um, agent's number and just be like, hey, I want to talk to her just about her performance on Monk. Yeah, <laughs> and her I, one her one line on Monk. Yeah, yep. and, and yep. the thing is, I what I've joked is that I think if I could get it to her directly, she might say yes, but the agent would say no. Anyway, um, no. the. Uh, this is an obvious question, but I want to have your thoughts because there's so much, there's a lot of episodes that are Randy heavy and some that aren't. But outside of what you did in it, what would you say is like your favorite episode to watch? And then what would be your favorite? What was your favorite episode to do? Oh, okay. Well, it, the favorite favorite episode is easy. It's the last two parter mm-hmm. um, because uh, for ver- for many many reasons. And but just don't spoil reason- it for Andre, please. Thank you. Right. No. <laughs> but, but the big the big reason is is because you know. 
not too many shows get to go out on their own terms. Yep. And, and we did. Um, so, you know, it, it was, it was great to kind of, you know, build eight seasons, you know, culminate up, up until that, you know, two part moment. So that one will always be, uh, that will always be special. And, uh, as far as the, the ones, the fun ones to do, um, actually in, I think in season one, the fat suit was great. Oh, classic. Just, that was, I always have fond memories of rolling around in the fat suit. <laughs> um, and I also have very fond memories of, uh, the one, the one where, and I'm not sure if you guys are there, Andre, so I might spoil something for you. Uh, okay. But the one where uh, I make Trailer Howard uh, drink a blended drink that she makes. Uh, oh, in right. Her, it, yeah, yeah, we haven't been there yet, but I know what you're yeah, talking about. Okay. Yeah, so, so that, that was also fun to do. Uh, but yeah. there, like, I mean, there were tons. I mean, of course. Just, I mean, that's, again, you know, there's just such a wealth to draw from, you know, wealth yeah. of episodes. Uh, okay, I uh, I have a question, and it's probably my favorite question I've ever come up with. But uh, <laughs> what is fine. your what is your favorite? Of, what is your uh, favorite pocket of Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite Randy Disher theory? Oh, because we just had a, we just had a good one on the uh, Mr. Monk and the astronaut. Yeah. And, uh, oh man, that one. That, 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 that that's one, my one that, B. I I talked on that when we did it. I said one. Good eight. job, guys. One uh, B was the, but I want to hear what the other ones you think of because one A is okay. another one that I want to see if you say. Okay, um, let's see. You know what? Gosh, you know which one sticks with me the most uh, is the very first Randy Disher theory, the uh, rever- reverse life assumption. That's one A. You know, yes, it. yes, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that's probably my favorite, just because yeah. the way I don't know. Was that tail the whale? Yeah, just the way you. Yep. Okay. I, I think that and- I don't want to speak for Andre, but like I can just imagine. I feel like that sums up Randy as a character so much. The how straight you play the line reverse lipo suction is just <laughs> so funny. Okay, that's okay. a great yeah. theory. I love it. I love the theories. Yeah. There, you, there, there you go. I think you, I think you nailed one A and one B though too. That's uh, those are those are those are both right up there. The escape pod, and that would have been a good. Yeah. That would have been a good band name too. Yeah, reverse yeah. lipo suction. Oh, that too, oh, actually. Yeah. I was gonna say the Randy Dishy Disher theory. The Randy Disher yeah, the Randy theory. Dishy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Those, ones, those ones are good. Yeah, but reverse liposuction definitely. And it's uh, you know, I kind of uh, you know, over the over the years, as his theories became, you know, you, you know, kind of a a, a, a bit a, a kind of you know their yeah. own character in the in the show. You know, it was always kind of uh, it was always great to see them on the page with what what the writers would come up with. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about well, is Mr. Monk and the Marathon Man, where the theory is that he trained a dog to run the marathon. I believe is yep. what. It is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love those. Now, in in that vein, um, like I imagine it, because obviously in the, Randy's not having a lot of fun in it, but I imagine it's got to be a lot of fun. And I don't even know if this is a question, but to play the butt of the joke in so many different ways, where like even though it's a comedy, so much of like the actual pure comedy comes from your character, and so. What was it like? Like how how did you like relish being the guy who was doing the silly thing in the scene when they needed to break some tension? Well, you know, it was it, as an actor. As an actor, it's great um, because you know you obviously you know we uh, as a cast you know would often meticulously kind of go through that scene and you know make sure com- comedy's hard to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, because timing is everything. You know, and if it's if it, if it's off, you know, you can just feel that it's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we would often, you know, really kind of really mine the scene for the best possible outcome. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully most of the time we succeeded. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, one of the great things about Randy is that he's so earnest mm -hmm. and that he's so kind of uh, strong in his own convictions that he, you know, he never, he never really kind of, you know, not knew that he was the butt of the joke, so to speak, but mm -hmm. it never, it, it rolled off of his back because he mm -hmm. truly believed everything that he was kind of saying and doing. And I mean, for example, this episode that you guys just watched, you kind of get a taste of him, you know, when he does kind of catch on that yeah. people are making fun of him, you know, so right. he's not completely naive. He's, he's there with it, but he truly believes he is, you know, he is helping, you know, the, he, I always, I, as an actor, always looked at it is like Randy would come up with the outside the box theory mm -hmm. so that it would draw the team to the real theory. Like I'm going to mm -hmm. give you everything. It might not be. And then you guys, right. then monk, then that'll help monk yeah. pinpoint what it will be. Mm hmm. Oh, right. And, and and he was also the most stylish of uh, of the oh, group. I gotta say, yes, yeah. We we yeah. we love the Randy Disher fits, the Hawaiian yeah. shirts, the, <laughs> the 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 suit with no tie at the at the fashion show. Yeah, no, the fashion show was a good one. Yeah, the Christmas sweater is always good. Oh, yeah, just the and there's a lot of times where I don't even think it was on purpose. It's just like. Especially the Hawaii, the thing the only thing about a lot is the Hawaiian shirt and Mr. Monk and the Marathon Man because that's like so like early two thousands. But just and back then, I think you were supposed to look silly, but now you look really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now it's great. Randy, Randy was well ahead of his time. I actually think somebody sent me one time. There was uh, I don't and I don't know if you've seen this episode, but there's an episode called Mr. Monk and the Cobra yes. versus the Mr. Cobra. Monk yeah, versus the Cobra. Yeah, and. Uh, Randy actually, Randy actually takes the first selfie. Uh, wow! With his, oh, that's right. With his big chunky camera before it was ever called a selfie. See, Randy is just—he's. He, they thought the reason his theories were so like seem silly is because he was like twenty years in the future. You know? Yeah, that's couldn't... right. He's way right. ahead ahead of his time, man. Yeah. And so I want to talk a little bit about this episode, and we can obviously bounce back to more broad stuff. But I think that your point is really right, and I think it's interesting that. This is the episode where the making fun of him kind of goes a bridge too far. And while I think obviously it's enjoyable to play the guy who's being super earnest, like when you got the script, obviously it would be fun if you don't remember, but like, did it, did you see it that way? Where it's like, oh, this is the time where this, it isn't okay that he's the butt of the joke. Um, yeah. It's also, you know, what I really saw it as is kind of an evolution of mm -hmm. Randy's character. He was growing up a little bit. He's kind of now starting to speak for his, him, himself. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and it's really the first time he kind of stands up to Stottlemyre, uh, I think, in that episode. Mm -hmm. Right. And kind of, you know, kind of really holds his own, uh, you know, so to speak. And, you know, kind of by doing that, he kind of gains, you know, at the end of the episode, a little more respect from Stottlemyre. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, with with any good television series, you know, at a certain point, you know, characters do begin to evolve and change they don't necessarily have to change their core principles but mm -hmm. they do kind of evolve even even monk to a certain extent you mm -hmm. know although he will you know always be you know phobic and have his quirks you know as the course of the seasons went on even he and he, he evolved and you kind of saw that he became a little more comfortable you know around the team and the team became more comfortable around him so yeah i, I kind of read it as uh 
as you know R- randy disher growing up a little bit mm-hmm. yeah um and then so obviously we've mentioned it before but i think we got to talk about the randy disher project um now andre you you said before uh jason got on well, what did you think of the song uh what is it i'm free yeah, don't I, don't, I don't, don't need a badge. I don't need, I don't a, need badge. a badge. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't need, need a, badge. a badge. Sorry. I forgot. I saw that. I, honestly, I watched yeah. it last night. I apologize, guys. But yes, Andre, you have a question. Uh, well, it was more, yeah. First of all, I just want to say that the song was, I don't know if you wrote it or who wrote it, but it was a really good song. Um, I especially love the part about mentioning that Sotomayor had a mustache in some mm-hmm. veiled, uh, yep. you know, yep. way. Um, but so, yeah, obviously we can tell that you kind of have, I think you've been in a band. Is that fair to assume? Uh, I actually have never been in a band myself, and I, I I've always looked at it like let that uh, you know J- Jason Grace Stanford uh, is not much of a musician, but Randy Disher mm-hmm. thinks he's an excellent musician. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Like you had the yeah. charisma, and like you kind of I mean you knew how to strum a guitar at the very least, as opposed to like other yeah. Musicians well, one of the one band. of the things one of the things that we actually did on that show, um, and. I mean, I think it might have started, and I'm not 100% sure when we did this Secret Santa episode where Ted Levine and I mm-hmm. sang uh, Oh Holy Night together. Yeah, that was like a few episodes before. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, I, then it was on that episode that we decided a lot of a lot of television when they do singing mm-hmm. is either like pre-taped and then you just yeah. lip sync it to the day. We decided to do it all live mm-hmm. uh, so that we could capture um, what what we wanted to because like... And what we wanted was if it ha- we happened to make mistakes, that's part of it. Like mm-hmm. if it happened, didn't it didn't happen to sound perfect? That's what we wanted. That we thought that would be funnier and more real. Um, so it started with the Secret Santa. But one of the things that was cool about uh, the dentist episode is that stuff in the garage with my mm-hmm. garage band. Yeah. that's that's where we're we're singing. I'm singing live mm-hmm. um, uh, because it was taped, you know, and I did have the earwig in and everything. And it just wasn't, it just didn't have the same energy, yeah. Uh, you know, to try and lip sync it. Um, and then obviously the video we did, we yeah. did yeah. do afterwards yeah. and they, and they put it in. But um, uh, I, I do, Randy Disher, Randy Disher does, uh, does play a couple, does play a mean uh, four chord guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And what, what instrument would you play if you could? Uh, I mean, I w- let's put it this way. When I, I wish, I wish now in retrospect, that I had uh, followed through with all those piano lessons and guitar lessons I took as a kid that I blew off back then. Um, but, uh, I mean, I tinker around with the guitar and I'm actually trying to teach myself some keyboards kind of at the moment during COVID I've been trying to teach myself, uh, mm-hmm. the keyboards at least to play a couple of like Billy Joel tunes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that your point about being live really works, especially in the garage scene. Cause on the one hand, the song's not supposed to sound bad, but it's definitely supposed to be, like it's not supposed to sound good, and I feel like if they were to cut, cut, yeah, but if yeah. they were to cut to a pre-taped thing, that always just feels so artificial and like not yeah. what it was going for. And I think especially the fact that you see they keep cutting to Stalmer's reaction, I think they just work so well that it's played live, and you really feel the noise of it and how chaotic it is, you know? Yeah, no, we got we were very lucky. Uh, Randy Zisk, our producer and director, uh, was like totally on board totally on board with that. And it was, and it was definitely, you know, at the time against kind of the grain mm-hmm. to, you know, because, you know, it's obviously a little more, it's a little harder to edit, obviously, but, you know, to have the real flaws in it and to kind of have the, you know, that I it just, I, I think it works so much better. So anytime I ever sang after that as well, even mm-hmm. like just, uh, 
little okay, like even if it was just little things it was all we always we always just did it live and just kind mm. of you know just you know just did with the boom mic and put it in there and you know and then kind of let it let it fly who wrote this song um you know what i act the guy, the guy who wrote it escapes me but i think some of the writers had some of the writers had their hands in it andy okay. always andy breckman always clears everything at the end of the day but i do think i'm, I'm not sure who wrote it specifically and i'm not sure and i'm not sure on this one who who wrote the music because i know that some of the future ones after that i did the music too um Ooh. and then the other and the, and the writers or the writer of that particular episode uh you know and andy kind of came up with you know the lyrics there the one uh there's one that that's coming up in the future that uh andre but i can't i can't spoil it but there's a like okay. a little song about there's a little song i do about monk Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't um, wait to hear it. And obviously, I I think that I speak for all Monk fans when I say I'm a big fan of the music video we see at the end. Um, I just, I mean, talk about it more generally, but also, was it whose idea was it to have this bit where you are aggressively wiping sweat off your face like a madman? Because that makes me oh, laugh okay. every time. Well, well, here's here's the thing on that. I mean, obviously, the guys that you know, Andy and and the mm-hmm. writing team had planned to do. The Randy Disher video is a tag mm-hmm. at the end of the uh, episode, uh, you know, and one of the things was, is that, you know, we wanted to do it in Randy Disher indie video fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we, I think we really accomplished the uh, bad graphics and bad CG mm-hmm. uh, perfectly. And then they, they, what was great about that is they kind of just let me go and <laughs> kind of just said, all right, you know, just do it like you're doing a band and, you know, it's still, you know, every time, you know, somebody sends me a clip of that, you know, years later, it always cracks me up the end where, you know, I kind of have my arms spread Aerosmith like, mm-hmm. you know, with the wind machine blowing in my <laughs> face. And, yeah, and, at, and at the end, like, it's literally like wiping. It's like, yes, exactly. Wiping, you know, sweat tears off my face. You know, I just, uh, it, I just got caught up in the moment. And that's, uh, that's all. It's so that, funny. That's all the moment. Yeah, that was, none of that was. Well, thank you for all this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, try to think of what else I want to ask about this episode specifically. I think that it's just, um, I think that it has some of your, because um, the thing about Monk, which I think we both love, is that it balances tone so well. And I think that this episode's really good where you can, there's a lot of the joking at Randy's expense, but then when like you quit, I think that it's played really seriously, and and I think it's really, it, you really feel for Randy in a way that like you didn't feel maybe not twenty minutes before, you know. Um, so how did you how did you go about everyone on set and the directors? How did you go about making sure that the tone of a scene matched what it was supposed to be, and like that things that were supposed to be funny were funny, but things that weren't weren't. Yeah, you know what? That's a really good question, um, and that was something that we were always aware of from the pilot. And I mentioned that you know Dean Pariso directed the pilot, so himself along with Tony and Andy Breckman, kind of wanted this. You know, uh, Monk was always able to walk the fine line of comedy and drama. You know, and like Tony, and once again, it was you know Tony kind of set that tone. Um, by being able to have you laugh at him mm-hmm. in one moment and then cry with him in the mm-hmm. next, you know, um, mm-hmm. and then all the other characters kind of started to follow suit in that. And we were always very aware of, of that tightrope of, uh, you know, comedy and tragedy. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it, I think it paid off. And that's one of the things I love about 
television shows themselves. Mm-hmm. I like when a show can be really, really funny and mm-hmm. then really, really poignant all in the same mm-hmm. episode or even moment moment to moment. And I think uh, Monk succeeded with uh, with a lot of those moments. But we always we always talked about it. And I, you know, remember, you know, kind of all of us just collectively, you know, pulling each other aside going, OK, is this OK? Is this is this is it, we got to keep this real? You know what I mean? Because this is a real moment. This is, you know, and uh, that, so we were always on top, we were always on top of that. So that's a, it's a good question, but we definitely were always aware of, of the tone of the show, you know, so we discussed it often. Now, so I'm trying, like, what is, uh, if someone asked you, oh, what was it like being on Monk? What's the fun anecdote that you have in your back pocket of a funny thing that happened when being a monk that you can share with our audience? Because I know that there's got to be one uh, a story that happened at some day. Maybe, you know, it was late or, or some something happened that was a fond memory. Yeah, you know what? We, that's the thing. When, you, when you're on for eight seasons, there's lots of, lots of, fond, lots of fond memories. Um, I'm actually trying to think, uh, you know, because as I say, so many come to mind, but you know, really, for us, I think it was. I think there were. I think there were numer- numerous times when it was very, very late in the filming hours, the wee hours of the morning. Um, you know, where Tony would have a huge summation scene to do, mm-hmm. and you know we would, <laughs> and we would not often get it in the first take because we would be so punchy, but to just watch Tony work his way through these just these monologues of like and you know and for some reason we'd be like why are we doing this hour 17 into the day <laughs> like this is you're you're killing us here um but uh like though that those always come to my mind of just like how just how he had to navigate those and just to kind of watch and like you know just you have to pray that you don't crack up in the middle of it Mm-hmm. Because if you crack up in the middle of it, he has to start it all over again, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, I think those, and then uh, most of the other, most of the other funny moments all happened off, off camera, you know, when we were, you know, cracking each other up uh, and doing that. Because you know, as I say, we had a very small cast, but you know, we're but but we had a very very, um, you know, what I believe to be a very strong kind of bond, working bond together. You know mm-hmm. where everybody kind of, you know, brought their, you know, a game to. Andre, I was waiting for you. I thought we were going back and forth, but if you don't have any more questions, I have a couple more. Um, no, I mean, I was just going to ask a, a very uh, specific question. Uh, obviously, as you know, Jake and I have been doing our research, and I was just curious, uh, what was it like recording with the thirty odd foot of grunts? <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, you know, that was, that was, that was a long time ago. But, uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, lucky enough to uh, become pals with, uh, an actor named Russell Crowe. You might know him. He's done some yeah. stuff. I heard of him uh, once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. He's done some stuff. Uh, but we did a movie called mystery Alaska together. Um, and I did it with, uh, with another, with a whole group of guys who many of which are still, uh, my dear friends to this day. Um, and then after that movie, you know, we all kind of became buddies. And at the time, Russell was just about to go out on tour and, you know, uh, do some work with his uh, then band, uh, 30 Odd Fit of Grunts. And we all found ourselves in the studio one day, uh, 
you know, having a good time. And uh, he was like, hey, why don't a couple of you guys get back in there and start singing? Um, <laughs> and uh, that, thus, thus, the, thus uh, some very, very shady background vocals were, were, uh, were born on a couple of tracks. Um, and uh, I do, will do say that- Do you have specifics? What I was that? I need to listen to the. I need to listen to these songs. So I need oh to yeah, no, this. on every, whatever any any song that has a backing track on that on that on the Gaslight album, I'm pretty sure has has uh, my grumbled my grumbled vocals <laughs> vocals in it somewhere. Um, but more more importantly, a couple of the guys, uh, a couple of the guys who uh, you have even gone on to work with Russell since on other stuff can really really sing. So uh, at a certain point, I happily bowed out and uh, let the professionals do their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was uh, it was certainly fun. It was a that was a that was a that was a fun time and kind of uh, you know obviously I went on to do a beautiful mind with Russell mm-hmm. as well. So uh, you know uh, and Russell is uh, was uh, you know not only a, a brilliant brilliant actor, um, very very involved in uh, in music and very knowledgeable about music not only with his own stuff, but about, you know, all, all music. So, you know, and he continues to, you know, produce and write and sing and do all that kind of stuff. I did. I mean, I, it's funny that, uh, cause I know that Andre Satsu, or that's just one of those, there's some pieces of things in the IMDb trivia section where it's just like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, well, just like, uh, yeah. Jason got to spro yep. with 30 odd foot of grunts in 1999. Great yep. stuff. Um, yep. now, um, I want just I want your thoughts generally because I think that there's another recurring theme of Randy is his dating life, specifically things like <laughs> a being in, in a dating world with a wallet model. So what yeah. of those like what of his dating mishaps would be the one you think of fondliest? Oh, the the wallet model is definitely the, is my is my favorite because <laughs> even reading the script up until the very end, mm-hmm. like I was like with everybody else, I was like. Ugh, the ending's gonna turn out to be like he mm-hmm. lied to everybody because he just he just mm-hmm. wanted to you know be part of the team and the way they wrote it that she was in a cab and it was all true was was incredible um, and and that I believe was the first episode that started that kind of theme of Randy mm-hmm. always having these odd mm-hmm. you know kind of relationships. Um, the other one that comes to mind is when he. Uh, he dated uh, I don't forget her character name, but the actress was Moon Bloodgood yep. uh, in uh, Cabin oh, yeah. Fe- in the Cabin Fever episode, mm-hmm. where he was you know completely into it, and they turned mm-hmm. out to you know lead them directly to Monk. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was a good one. Uh, and Randy. then he had a couple of like fleeting girlfriends. Mm-hmm. There there was one, uh, gosh, there was one, and I, I don't can't remember the details of it, but I thought it was quite funny. There was one girlfriend that he had where he they I guess they had finished dinner and then they got in a cab and Randy was trying to get frisky but the cabbie was dead in yep. the cab yeah yeah so classic forget which one that but that was that was a fun yeah. that was a fun girlfriend and uh, a shout out to all the girls who all the actresses who yeah. got to play my girlfriend uh, on on the show cuz uh, they all made me look really really good I think, and the oh, funny thing too is, it's even if it's not a girlfriend, you're always Randy was always flirting with someone. Even in this episode, he's he's trying, yeah. he's talking, chatting yep. with the hygienist, and it's like, Randy, yep. come, what are you doing? Like you're about to get your teeth pulled. <laughs> yeah, Brooke Langdon. Yeah, the lovely Brooke Langdon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's just he he always just borders on the line of creepy, but he's so earnest. Really, you know, it's, you don't get mad at him. Right. It's like, come yep. on, Randy. <laughs> or yep, what are you about the Sapphire funny. Mansion? Yeah, very, 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 very earnest Randy Disher was. Mm-hmm. You know, I freaking... Sp- 
man, when I was at, at the beginning of like this whole run of, of podcasts, I accidentally spoiled myself. So I know uh, who you end up with in the end. And I'm just like, wow, like that. I did not see that coming. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I don't think any of us saw it coming, but obviously, <laughs> but obviously the great thing was, is that it was done in such a way that it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of put all the pieces together, it was kind of a, a very, very fitting ending for uh you know for randy for randy disher because there was uh you know especially in the first couple of seasons there was so much tension between mm-hmm. those two characters yeah there was you know yeah for sure. you know and that 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 the writers really that the writers really ran with that and they kind of really you know brought it full circle at the end yeah i mean just, there's just so much great randy stuff and i could talk to you well we could talk to you for hours but um, I really just want to thank you for coming on. If there's, is there anything else that comes to mind about, you know, that if you, I don't know if you've been reminiscing about Monk during quarantine, like we've all been reminiscing about everything, but, um, any final memories you want to share before, uh, we, Andre and I get down to the dirty business of recapping the episode? No, oh, there you go. Um, you know what guys, I, the only thing that I'd like to add to that is I am just truly amazed at that, uh, you know, 10 <coughs> something years later that Monk still has, you know, such an appeal and it kind of, you know, made a, made a, you know, comeback on Amazon prime during the mm-hmm. pandemic and what a great pandemic show it turned out to be oddly mm-hmm. enough. Uh, and that, you know, it's still, you know, it still has legs all this time, you know, uh, you know, all these years after it's a real testament to, you know, the show as a whole and to the writers that it still stands up, uh, you know, and it just, it, so I'm, I'm, uh, you know, very grateful and very, very, very amazed. So I like to end with that, that, you know, it's still kicking around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that is, uh, that, that's, a, that's a great thing. So, uh, you know, and as, as we say, you know, who knows, maybe we'll all come back before we're too old yeah. to, uh, you know, do, do one more and, uh, you know, give. Oh, give, give I would love that. I mean, and Andre, you've mentioned before, speaking of around the world, your girlfriend saw it. Um, it wasn't. Where was she again when she watched it growing she's up? She's from Turkey. She's from Turkey, and she's uh, she's a she's a big fan of uh, yep. Randy Disher. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I. You're I, big I, in I, Turkey. I, yeah, I I tell you, it's funny. <laughs> uh, you know, you get these messages and these notes. Um, you know, we're we're big in Saudi Arabia right now. Oddly wow. enough. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's it's crazy just to see where all the fans come from, and as I say, it's a real testament to the show. Mm-hmm. Not too many shows, you know, let alone get on the air, stay on the air, and mm-hmm. are able to kind of find a worldwide mm-hmm. audience, and certainly it, not yeah. certainly not ten years no. after the fact. So, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, I think it's a great, uh, you know, it's a great feeling to be a part of that a part of that show mm-hmm. and to work with and to work with you know, that wonderful crew that we had. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously with that, with a great cast and all, and all a shout out, a shout out again to all the great, mm-hmm. you know, directors that we had and the great guest stars that we had that kind of, you know, walked through our doors, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Andy Breckman, Andy Breckman's to blame for all of it. Yes. He's, uh, and thank, I want to thank Andy Breckman again for putting me in touch with you. He's been a real resource and what you want to talk about. I mean, I don't know if I can say it, but he's definitely a mensch. Uh, Tony Shalhoub because yep. he's he's been really great to us uh, as a show. So um, yeah. Jason, I want to thank you so much for coming on again, and um, please uh, have a great uh, have a great weekend recording this on Friday, listeners. And um, uh, you know, I hope you can get back to your LA play soon. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's right. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy up here in Vancouver, beautiful Vancouver, Canada, right now. Oh, okay. um, but uh, I will say this, guys. 
Uh, anytime when you come across the next Randy Disher episode, give me a call. All right. Honestly, I'll, I'll definitely, for the farm one, I think I'm going to. Because the farm one is, there, there's a scene, I'll just say, when you're in bed with the headphones on, is something I think is one of the funniest Disher scenes in yeah, there, the whole show. Yeah. What else is, there's probably, there's 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 a few coming up. You don't yeah. even have to call, call me anytime. You don't have to call me on All right. Uh, hey, I appreciate you that so call, much. You call me on a trailer Howard episode. No, hey, I'll talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> and we, can, we can just talk about Natalie. Yeah, I oh, I appreciate that so much, all right? All right, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Fantastic. Care, Great Jason. talking to you. Right, Likewise. Thank you so Bye. much. Take care, guys. Thank you again to Jason Gray Stanford. Uh, we're now back with the recap part of the episode. This is going to be a little quicker because we talked about a lot of it already. But we start the off much with... The less interesting part. Yes. Uh, we start off with an armored truck. Two guys talking. One guy's complaining about his future mother-in-law. Um, you know, uh, just normal guy talk. Yeah, you know. The old uh, la, la suegra, let's just say. I is I'm assuming that's I don't even want to ask because I feel like it's probably sound bad. It's Spanish. It's yeah, Spanish. no, it's no, Spanish. Spanish. It's Spanish for mother-in-law. That's it. It's oh, not, I thought it was mean. like a, I thought it, I thought you know how like some languages have a one word for a very specific thing. I thought it was like a slur for a mother-in-law. Honestly. Oh no 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 no. no. Uh, and then someone pulls off a heist, which is like in a Fast and Furious movie. Honestly, it. I mean, what it reminds me of, to be frank, is the heist in Tenet, um, with the truck, where they. Where they have the two trucks where they back them up and like they make the truck, uh, you know, you, you've seen Tenet, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah where yeah, they're in yeah, Tallinn and they do the thing where they have the two trucks that pin the one the truck going the same speed because they knew that if it slowed down they would detect that it stopped. Anyway, that's what reminded me. For whatever bit. for whatever reason, it reminded me more of the Mission Impossible one. I forgot which one. I think like the first one with Rebecca Ferguson, Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Uh, no, that's it's Rogue Nation. Yeah, it does. There. Yeah, that is kind of like the one. Yeah. Um. Man, but yeah, shouts to that uh, movie, by the way. but also shouts to Vinton Street. Another shout out. Apparently, Vinton Street is the most popping street, yep. crime wise, of all yes. time. So a truck. Basically, they push the armored car into a truck, which is like honestly a dope way to steal an armored car. Like it's awesome. Um, What's and, not so awesome is that they yeah. find the truck three days later, and, uh, and uh, dead. Both of our guys are dead. And Randy's in pain. Is he yeah. sad because the two guys died? Yes. Well, yes, but is that why he's in pain? <laughs> no, he's in pain because uh, our friend, our good old friend Randy Disher, has a toothache. Now, have you ever had? Have you ever had a bad toothache? Oh, definitely. Really, I've only I've had one cavity, but I'm really diligent about brushing my teeth and stuff, and so I'm. I, I have one cavity right now. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, never had a toothache. Toothache, but. Uh, you didn't get that, did you? Oh, I've won. Oh, Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> and yeah, so um, Randy's like, I have an appointment Saturday, and then Natalie sees Randy wincing in pain and thinks that he's sad about the guys uh, who died. Um, and then she points out, like, yeah, I know they were so young, and like, no disrespect, but the guy who was bald, no, he's not that yeah, young. Yeah, <laughs> he was that young. He was that young. But she kind of comforts him, and. Mm-hmm. Um, she pushes him through it, and he like readily admits that he has a toothache, right? But she yeah. thinks he's like she thinks it well because she's talking and she's like, "Well, if they anyone asks, we'll say it's something else." And he says, "I have a toothache." And she's like, "Yeah, exactly." Um, yeah, totally. And then Monk's investigating. He sees that the back bumper was damaged and the mirrors are pushed in. 
So he know he knows the score. He knows that a truck carried it. Yeah, that the, the truck, uh, the the guard, the armored car wasn't. It didn't get driven there. It was transported there. Exactly. And then they see that there was a hole in the back window, and uh, they pumped gas in. Now, of course, they I can't see an armor. Out. I can't see an armored car robbery without thinking of the heat. Just let's just put it out there. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, obviously, you know, I mean, that's how the two guys died. Uh, Wayne Grove thought that one of them was about to get it on. Um, I had to get it on, oh, man. Um, damn, that's like we reference heat a lot, but also it's I a mean, great movie. There was also yeah, there was also armored car in the other episode, right? Yes, but this one is closer to Heat because it actually does get robbed, and they're stealing bear bonds, which is what they steal in Heat too. So okay, it is a little closer because that's the thing is that you don't tra- take the cash because cash is easy traceable. You take the bear bonds. I, oh, I thought they were kidnapping Barry Bonds. Oh no, we'll get to that. We'll get you missed her. <laughs> um, and then Natalie finds out that Randy does actually have a toothache, and she's mad at him. Um, and uh, but Stalin makes him take care of the toothache that day, um, which you know that's being a good boss. Because oh, but also he's miserable, right? Um, yeah, and that's the thing about this episode is it makes it like later on he he's like a little mean to to Randy, like yeah, I, you know I didn't feel it was totally deserved in this point. No, but so Randy's at the dentist and he's filling out the form and he's as we discussed he's flirting with the dental hygienist. Um, just he's bordering on canceled when he looks her up and down in a very creepy way, but mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, also, apparently, the nighttime receptionist quit, which is not important. I wrote that down, but I, I forgot that that wasn't actually a clue. Um, Did not even know that there was such a thing as like night dentistry. I mean, it, I think it's got to be for emergencies and stuff, because um, you know you got to have some like dentists. I don't know, like hockey players. Um, <laughs> and then we meet Oliver Bloom, who is played by the one, the only Your John boy. Favreau. Honestly, I'm fine with that actually. He's like in terms of being a bad guy, like he obviously he's a bad guy, but like he's not skeevy in a way that I particularly mind. Um, he also has the same. He doesn't look like him, but he has the same like hairstyle and goatee that one of my uncles did in like the mid two thousands. So that definitely reminds me of him. Um, uh, not important, but apparently Oliver <laughs> sees a lot of cops because he's on the medical plan and the dental plan. Right. And then Oliver gets canceled when he jokes that the reason why they're in at night is because he's got to keep Terry off the streets, which that's messed up. I mean, yeah, but it was very, uh, very, yeah, yeah, it was very casual, Now, for sure. in, in fairness, we find out later they are fucking, so it's not that bad, but still, like, you're at work. Wait, they're fucking? Well, they kiss later on, you know, yeah. I'm assuming that they don't just kiss casually. Oh, I just thought all dental, dentists and dental hygienists uh, acted that way with each other. Whenever I, whenever there's a dentist scene, I think <laughs> of, um, in the show Community, when they do the Law & Order parody episode... When, like, the body, a.k.a., like, the broken uh, potato plant is found, the, it's discovered by two janitors, and one of them is like, man, you gotta stop floating with your dental hygienist. And then one goes, ha, she's the one with her fingers in my mouth. Which I think of all the time. Because <laughs> um, that's perfect banter. Anyway, apparently the number three molar is uh, the problem, and they gotta take it out, and uh, they're gonna do it that right then and there. Yeah. Which, you know, he's not a chicken. He'll do it. Got mm-hmm. He'll get it done. Yeah. And so they knock him out, um, and uh, oh wait, sorry. And we also notice that he gets a sticker if he's a good boy. And then he asks, "What do I do if I get, what if I, what do I get if I'm a bad boy?" Yeah. Like, Come on. Come on as soon as I saw that line in the episode, because I watched this right before yeah. we did our interview, I was like, "Okay, I can't wait to talk to this guy." Yeah. Uh, and so he's out, and he sees like some blurry scenes, like oh, he's gonna operate on him, and then he wakes up again. He's not quite out. He's no, not he, quite out. Yeah, he's kind of in and out. He's in and out. Yeah. And then yeah. he someone yeah. busts in. 
and there's a fight, and you hear the name Barry Bonds. Did you catch Barry Bonds when you first were watching that scene? Uh, maybe, I think so, but it's also because I really hate Barry Bonds. Like, yeah. I'm not going to deny him being in the Hall of Fame, but like, I just don't fuck with him. No, like, yeah, I, a, I don't, like, I don't want to keep people who took steroids out of the Hall of Fame because I think that that's a, a exercise. Like, you just can't, like, do, you can't parse that. But Barry yeah. Bonds is, by all accounts, an unpleasant person. So, like, that's why I don't like him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and it, it takes place in San Francisco. It makes sense. And the episode description on Amazon Prime says some shit about mishearing Barry Bonds. Ah, so, mm. yeah, that's why. There's a fight, and then this guy gets murdered. So. Yeah. Sad stuff. Yeah. Well, not so sad. Fuck that guy, too. Yeah, that's true. He was a dirty cop. Yeah, I apologize. Um, then Randy, and a murderer. Yeah, Randy wakes back up, and he's like, ugh. There was a man in there. You were fighting. Yeah. And then Dr. Bloom plays it off. He's like, yeah, I was fighting with that molar. Great stuff. Honestly, yeah. in terms of being, he wasn't, like, they'd say that he wasn't a criminal beforehand, but he's got skills of being a criminal. No, absolutely. And he's like, a, he's like a smooth guy. He doesn't seem, he's not overly a dick. He's mm-hmm. uh, the kind of criminal that you want to be friends with. Honestly, seems like sense. a good dentist. Seems like a yeah. good dentist. Yeah. Um, so, I see, I'm not a fan of the dentists, mostly just because they're very condescending. Um, and they also say that I remember I was once told like, don't drink like iced tea or sodas or anything like that. It's like, I like my teeth, but not enough to like only drink water. <laughs> like it's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. so apparently there's been no reports of stolen trucks, but they did see that the thing that was stolen were bank certificates, which are of course a different name for bearer bonds. Um, which also are what they steal in Die Hard. My point being stealing bearer bonds is a good idea apparently. Uh, yeah, the cool kids are doing it, so uh, let's take this off uh, off air. Yeah. And, uh, yep, we'll yep, discuss. yep. Uh, and then Randy shows back up, and he tells he immediately goes to Stavon, and he's like, uh, I need to talk to you about something. It's about the dentist. And then Stavon says, did he touch you inappropriately? Which is funny. Um, but you know what? It would probably it probably would have served him right from all his, uh, his, his previous antics. <laughs> his previous transgressions. Um, Correct. And, uh, you know, and he tells him, no, I think he killed someone. And Stavon like, I, uh, I, you were sedated. Uh, and he's like, what did Stalmars, what was Stalmars thing he imagined? Uh, what, what, I forgot. What did he imagine? I don't remember. But I remember the other cop says, I was a green, green lantern. And I love that he gives lines to everybody of, it was great. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I forgot, I forgot what he said. And then, um, he mentions, okay, so he mentions also that Randy, or no, Randy mentions that he wasn't just out for, like, a, a short half period of time. He was out for, like, two hours. Mm-hmm. So who knows what kind of shit could have happened. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they cleaned up the scene pretty well. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then they, this they made sure to knock him out nice. This is where he mentioned uh, they're arguing about Barry Bonds and how much he's worth. And then the other cop tells the great joke of, I love this. I if love dentists it. played baseball, what team would they play for? <laughs> they play for the Yanks, and it makes uh, Stottlemyre like chuckle, which I'm sure like made Randy insanely jealous. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, had like, had you ever heard that joke before? No, never. Oh, no. I'd heard that joke before I even saw this episode. I heard the joke when I was like eight. Oh, I've never heard it in my life. Um, uh, so, but it makes Randy like basically spit back mm-hmm. like it wasn't that funny, like because mm-hmm. you know, like I don't remember the last time he made Stottlemyre laugh. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, not often. Um, and Stalmar's like, you know, take a walk. Uh, drop this file off at Monk's. And so he does. And Monk's going over the file. And Randy asks him, how much do you charge for private cases? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he explains he wants to hire him. And Monk's like, Randy, I'm sorry, but you were hallucinating. And then Randy says, 
he's just as real as you are standing right there. And did you? And what does Mark says? He says, "But I'm sitting down. I'm not even standing in front of you, basically." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Monk says something that initially is very, very nice, where he said, you don't have to worry about a fee. You're one of my good friends. All you have to do is ask. Which for a moment, you're like, oh my god, that's really sweet. But he's got a lot. Uh, he's got, he says, I got a lot of things on my plate. I got to go over this. I got to, and there's a bunch of other chores and stuff. Um, yeah, and I got I got and then uh, Natalie asks for a minute, and he's like, oh, I got to talk to her for a minute. Like, he throws that in there. Exactly. And so she pulls him aside and he says that the thing about dentists is that they are in a separate category of phobia. They're a super phobia. Super megaphobia? Super megaphobia, super megaphobia according to Dr. Kroger. Yeah. Oh man, I really wish we had gotten some Kroger right here. Yeah. Um, man. One of the great regrets of this podcast is that we won't be able to interview Daniel Camel. Um, <sighs> and yeah. I, I do love the way that uh, Tony Shalhoub delivers the line of um, a scale of one to ten. A ten. I laugh at your tens. <laughs> I I I can't even think about talking about a ten or something. Yeah. Like, he goes on like on a tangent. Yeah. And he says he doesn't get cavities because he brushes twelve times a day and flosses every ninety minutes. And he only went once when he was twelve. But Natalie promises if they go visit, there'll be no probing and no drilling. Uh, yeah, I'll leave that there. <laughs> so, what's your relationship with the dentist? Fan? No fan. I mean, no one. I mean, who? You'd have to be really sick in the head to be a yeah. fan of going to the dentist. That's true. Um, however, uh, no, I I used to have a dentist in Pasadena that would like laugh whenever I'd start bleeding, and he'd be like, "Oh, oh, oh," and then like chuckle after that. And after like maybe two or three visits, I stopped going to him. I'm just like, this guy freaks me out. Yeah, not great. Um, I don't like that. I mean, it's the most common complaint in the world, but I hate that they ask you questions that have complex answers while your uh, mouth is open. Um, there's nothing to do. Anyway. Yeah, it's tough, yeah. man. It's just everything. And that no- even hearing the noise of the drill, like, right now, would f- I was, like, freaking out watching the episode, yeah. to be honest. So we then cut to Monk at the dentist, and he's uncomfortable. And he says, he looks around at all the dental stuff, and he says, I'm pretty sure this is how Nazis decorated their bunkers. Very casual <laughs> Nazi joke out of out of nowhere. See, I mean, I, I appreciate it, and I also don't think Monk was joking. Um, but Natalie then pulls out. Really? I mean, I I think no, I think he mean. I don't think he means it literally, but I think that he is not. It's not funny to him. He's like that. This he equates those photos as equivalent to like Nazi paraphernalia. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then Natalie pulls out highlights for the hidden picture, and Monk knows where everything is. Do you know why? Because he had seen the same one like 35 years previous mm-hmm. to this? Yes. So he's 47? I think so, yeah. That's what they're saying. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, Randy, uh, the, the, the hygienist, um, Terry comes out and he's like, yeah, I'm, I gotta, I forgot my cell phone. I'm going to go in there. And then Natalie goes in and Monk, um, he, can't, he can't get up. He's just, he's stuck. Yeah, he's paralyzed with fear. Mm-hmm. And when they're in the examination room, Randy notices that they bought new equipment, which he thinks is like, oh, they had to replace stuff because they broke stuff. Good detective work, Randy. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, like, the fact of the matter is, is like, we we were in his eyes and we saw what he saw. We know he wasn't hallucinating it. So whatever we got to see to get everybody else to see, mm-hmm. so be it. And there's a kid who is looking at Monk very suspiciously because Monk is freaking out. And he's like, don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
And he's like, I'm not afraid. And then he keeps saying yeah. it because he's clearly talking to himself, which is great yeah. stuff. Classic comedy. <sighs> yeah, poor guy. And then we hear a drill and Monk's freaking out. And then we cut to Monk is literally like stuck on the chair. He physically cannot get up. He's holding on. He's paralyzed. Yep, and uh, and Doctor Bloom uh, ends up coming out, catches him in this state, and you know is basically asking like what's going on. And they, you know, Natalie mentioned that he's got like a weird thing with dentists, and he mentions that he's used to that kind of thing, which he probably is, to be fair. And uh, and then like Monk or Disher kind of starts pressing him, right? Well, he's I want to say a like, quick note that's important for later is that Dr. Loom recognizes Adrian Monk's name. He says that he's right, a bit of a right. true crime junkie, which in 2006 or seven was kind of weird. Now it's like, oh, everyone's a true crime junkie. But uh, anyway, right, right, right. but yeah, um, they end up dropping the case file and um, the uh, Dr. Bloom starts asking like, oh, you're working on the armored car case. Heard lots of crazy things, you know, that, and he's like, and talking about it. And then he remarks that um, he's heard that Doctor Bloom has heard lots of crazy things when people are under. Um, he he could write a book. Yeah, he should. He should. Although that probably violates HIPAA. Um, I don't uh, know what doesn't do, doesn't violate HIPAA. Um, speaking of HIPAA, I'm just gonna get this out there. I've been sitting on a tweet in my drafts for five and a half years now, waiting for some news, probably regarding like a pregnancy or something, with sister of Kate Middleton, Pippa Middleton. So I can say that if like someone reports it, it's like reporting this information violates Pippa, but spell it like HIPAA, and nothing, there's been no medical news about her. And I'm so mad about it. It's been in my drafts for five and a half years. Anyway. Um, so they got to go because a body was found. And yeah, this body's got some weird ass bruises on it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got uh, two bruises that are exactly 10 inches apart. Is that what Mm -hmm. it was? Yes. And it appears, and when Randy gets on the scene, it appears that this is the same man that he saw uh, while he was under anesthesia. He did, yes. And they also find plexiglass in his trousers, so they know that he is the guy who robbed the armored car. Well, like in his pocket or like just like in his ass or something? In his his pocket. Okay. I I don't know why I said trousers, but that's why I wrote my notes, so... um, and then Stoudemire starts mocking Randy, um, mm. and you know he's he's been a little bit mean, but like I think he's kind of like Randy. You and Stoudemire does have a point where it's like a police officer, even if it's a police officer seeing something while you're under anesthesia, it just is not evidence. Like it can't be because right. Um, and then like other cops start making fun of uh, Disher, and uh, it was like someone says someone says to him like you probably got his wisdom teeth removed, and Natalie's like you probably couldn't even spell wisdom teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're just all like busting his balls, and um, and you know, Randy gets tired of it, mm-hmm. and he uh he decides. Oh, he asked doctor. Doctor, he asked Stoudemire if he's gonna investigate his mm-hmm. claims, like if he's gonna yeah. like actually look into it, and he says no, and he proceeds to then quit. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah. "I'm not a joke." Yeah, which, he's tired of being the joke. Yeah, which I think is a really interesting thing because I I always like when shows that are like mixes of drama and comedy. Uh, take for like take the stuff that's jokes and take it seriously for a little bit, because it is like it is funny. Uh, they make fun of them, but I do like that they take one episode kind of to be like, but how was that? What does that feel like? Right, exactly. That's and that's like a good thing to see. And you know, Jason does a great job of illustrating like him being kind of fed up with it. So mm-hmm. major props to yeah. him. And so we go back to the police station. And they ID the body. It's Danny Jardine. He was a bad Your guy. Your boy. Oh fuck. 
he had, it was a bad cop with five excessive force complaints, and he got took an early retirement. Which, like, you want to talk about? Uh, okay, we're gonna disagree on police reform a million ways to the sun. But if you have five excessive force complaints and you're forced into early retirement, you probably still shouldn't be getting benefits. Like, I don't know the dental insurance that he still has. Uh, you know, right. I feel like that's probably an easy thing to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, this guy was a real piece of shit. Uh, you would assume after three, it would have been over. You know, criminals get three strikes. Uh, cops shouldn't be above that. But anyways. No. Anyway, Monk is then now flossing in the uh, in the captain's office. And I don't mean that dance that I can't figure out how to do. Um, can you floss? I'm not going to no. ask you to do it. Okay. My no. twin brother, said he claims that he didn't know how to do it for the longest time. And he says, and I quote, one day I tried to do it and I divined how to do it. As in he got divine inspiration of how to do it. And he can do it now. And so, you know. I don't even know. Oh, that. Oh, that's hard, man. I know. I've never been able to do and that. And Michael divined how to do it. Wow. Anyway, uh, Stunner says it's a philosophy zone. And then he says that he did, a, he did a background check on Dr. Bloom and he's clean. Yeah. And, and then Stunner tries to act all tough like, you know, he's an adult. And Natalie's like, you miss him, which, like, duh. And he's just another cop. Yeah, <laughs> man, and he's, yeah, and then he also says that he's, like, the most annoying person mm. that's ever been a cop, uh, present company excluded, because mm. Monk is just flossing away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we cut to the garage where the Randy Disher Project is playing. And he's going through his lyric sheet, and he says he's they're making a statement. Um... And he counts off five, six, seven, eight, which is, of course, what you do for dancing. And they call him out on it. And he's talking about, like, yeah, we're touring. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. I did not know that. Oh. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to be touring. We're going to get a record deal. And he's, he's, his head's in the clouds. He's, you know. Yeah, he's having a full um, midlife crisis at mm-hmm. the age of 35. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Stott shows up, knocks on the door, and he's like, oh, can I talk to a monk? Can I talk to Mick Jagger? Uh, which is good yeah, line. yeah. And Randy comes over, and uh, you know, Stott just kind of tries to like slowly talk him back into mm-hmm. like being a cop again. And well, because yeah, he entices like, him by saying that yeah. Danny's cousin works for a Trump trucking company. You want to come with me when we arrest him? And he's like, No, man. He's like, No more witness statements in this notebook. It's all lyrics. He apparently wrote seventeen songs uh, since he quit. Mm-hmm. And we we hear one of them and it's great. I can only yeah. imagine that the other sixteen yeah. are bangers. Yeah, it's, then this is where Stalmatter says that Doctor Bloom is clean, and he says, "I miss you. I need you." And he says, yeah, it's too late. Which this is great stuff from Ted Levine, you know. <laughs> no, I know, but I love that whenever Ted Levine does these lines, that he never looks the person he's talking to in the face. You know what that is? That's I think that's good acting because in a no, lot of life. Most people yeah. don't, and they say hard stuff. They don't look people in the eye, and I think actors a lot of times are t- trying to be too present. It's like no, like a lot of times you aren't actually present, you know. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, and he's like, "You want to listen to a song? You might not like what you hear." Um, and what's the thesis of this song? <laughs> it's that he's no longer a cop. He doesn't got a badge anymore. It, but and he doesn't have a badge. And what else? And now he's free. Well, and he doesn't need a badge. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He doesn't I, need I'm to. Just... He doesn't need a badge to tell him wrong from right or day from night. <laughs> it's just really good, man. I mean, I need a couple of more listens to get the lyrics down. By the way, I just want to, you know, I forgot. I should have told you this. 
I don't know if it still is, but back in the day when this came out, the full music video of like a two and a half minute song was on usanetwork.com. I don't know where it is now, but you can find the whole song. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I wonder if it's on Spotify, the song. I mean, we can find out, but uh, anyway, so Stott leaves, and then we cut back to Dr. Bloom, and, you know, he's uh, canoodling with Terry. This is where we learn that they're, uh, you know, uh, that he's um, he's probing her cavities. Um, <laughs> and um, you. you're welcome. And he's instructing her how to use chloroform. Um, and she's like, is this really going to work? Um, and he says he couldn't shake my hand. He was a mess. Basically implying that they're going to torture Monk by making him go to the dentist. And, you know, for a while, for, for a really long time in this episode, I was like, okay, this episode's called Mr. Monk Goes to the Dentist. Is he going to the dentist? Turns out, yeah, that's, that's where he's going. He's very much going to the dentist. Then we cut to uh, Stalmeyer and the bald cop, who his name I didn't write down, are interrogating yeah. Neil, the cousin. And he's like, yeah, man, I didn't do the two guys. Uh, I tried to stop Denny. And he's like, yeah, but, De- you know, Denny, he's got the money. It's in his shed. Bad news for Neil. Denny was 86th. He's dead. Yeah. Denny is deady. Mm-hmm. And there's apparently there's no money in his shed. Because someone got greedy. Yeah. And uh, we're, if we're narrowing... Okay. I'm sorry. Sidebar. Do we know how many criminals were involved in the beginning? I think probably like three. But I, I obviously it's not, it doesn't actually matter because Bloom was obviously the one who gets the money. Um... And he wasn't involved, but uh, yeah, it's unclear. Okay, I just wonder what the third or fourth person, because it looked like there was more people. Yeah, I don't know where they are. Um, okay. Uh, all right, that's all. Um, so then uh, Terry shows up at Monk's door, and he's very, very nice. She's crying, and she he immediately lets her in, and like he's honestly very friendly for the most part, until you know at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get canceled here. But if, uh, if he had showed up at my place at that time, oof. Now, if she showed up at your place at that time, talking about how her boss killed a man and she's scared, would you still woof? Uh, no. Just at first, <laughs> at first, I would have thought like, oh, okay, what's going on here? And then once we got into like the whole thing of it, then I would have been like, okay, well, clearly this is not a good situation. Yeah, because she's like, Dish was right. Bloom killed a man. And then Monk's like, are you going to be crying a lot? You should do it over the sink. Um, and Monk trying to ca- call the captain. And I really respect Terry here because she very immediately realizes oh, mm-hmm. that her tactic's not going to work of like trying to snuggle up to him. And so she immediately's like, oh, you have a smudge right there on your face. And starts, trying to, and starts wiping away at it. And I love this bit where um, he's like, oh, that's chloroform. But did you get it? He still thinks there's a smudge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. And, um, you know, great job by her. Um, she came, she saw, she conquered. Mm-hmm. So then, um, uh, um, Stahlmeier, uh, we caught him in his the office, and, um, Natalie barges in, is Mr. Monk here? Because apparently she called him, he didn't answer, and then she went over. The door was open, the light was on, and he wasn't home. Why was she calling him? I mean, you tell me, because I'm about to open another can and I'm muting my mic. <laughs> She's calling him for his uh, nightly weather report for the next day, which is just fucking hilarious. I wish we could actually have seen that previously. That would have made me laugh. Yes. Um, 
and he didn't pick up. And that's you know that's a bad news. Even if it's if it's anyone, including Monk, but like especially Monk, if his doors open, his lights on, and he's not home. That's bad. Yep, we know there's something afoot. Yes, and Monk, we cut to him in the dentist chair. He's tied down, and mm-hmm. apparently the doctor will be right with him. And uh, yeah. And so he's really confused. He's like, why are you doing this? But then he realizes, he looks over, and he sees the murder weapon. Yeah, it's like a little uh, tooth, like uh, like statue, right? Yes, it's like a little... Or it's at the head. Yeah, it's like a... No, it's a tooth. Okay, it's a tooth. Uh, yeah, it's like a, like a cartoon tooth designed to make kids feel not so bad about getting their shit drilled. Yes. And, um, uh... Yeah, go ahead. No, and then we get, we get the, the what happened. And so I was just going uh, to let you keep going. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, sure, okay. So, what we figured out is that our good friend Danny Jardine, in the midst of uh, you know roughing up these uh, the two guards that were inside of the the armored guard, uh, one of them managed to knock his tooth out, or like mm-hmm. you know, or like yeah, knock his tooth loose or knock it out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he decides he needs to go to the dentist. So because he's an ex cop, he uh, he goes to his old dentist back from back in the day. And starts spouting off, like, details of the crime while he's under anesthesia, mm-hmm. to which uh, our good friend Dr. Bloom, our other good friend Dr. Bloom, mm-hmm. and uh, Terry decide they're gonna, you know, this might be legit. They might, this might be actionable. So, sure enough, he recovers, or whatever, he leaves the office, and later that night, they break into the place where he said he put all the stuff, the bearer bonds, the $10 million worth of it, or 13 whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they go, and sure enough, they rob him. And I guess it just so happens that, well, obviously, Denny realized that the stuff was missing. He pieces it back together, realized that he only could have, like, revealed that information. Or he remembers revealing that information to the dentist. So he goes back to the dentist's office when Disher is getting his tooth removed. And that was the man that that he saw getting attacked Mm -hmm. or getting into a fight. And, uh, and yeah, that's it, right? Yep. And then, you know, Dr. Bloom is like, you know, if you say so. And he's like, is it true you've only been a dentist once? And then uh, Muck nods. And he's like, and I'm sure that wasn't a great experience. And I really like the way John Favreau delivers the line. Um, I promise you this will be much worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's very slick. Yeah. And he's, um, he's basically what he needs to know is, and they put like the mouth thing up where he keeps his mouth open, uh, to just know if a fence in Chicago is under surveillance. Which the funny thing is that Monk would absolutely not know that. Right, he's not an actual police officer, so he's not privy to. What and happens and in they Chicago. ask him, they ask him if he's ever seen the movie Marathon Man. And I was gonna watch the movie Marathon Man in preparation for this episode, but it's not uh, on a major streamer, so I didn't. I thought he was talking about the episode. No, and I know, I know you didn't actually think that, but I'm assuming no, no. that I've in Marathon Man, someone gets tortured with dental tools. I'm assuming. Yeah, it could have been like GTA Five or something. But uh, that's not dental tools, though. Yeah, Assuming we're talking sure about remove. Oh yeah, they do remove a tooth in that. But it, he also gets like gasoline poured on him and like hit with a wrench. So like, you know. That's true. Yeah. That's de- that's seen- that bit's deeply uncomfortable. I'm generally pretty okay with Grand Theft Auto stuff, but it's like I don't need to like press A or B or you know or X to torture. To waterboard guy. somebody. Yeah, that's just like that's not fun. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he's apparently gonna live, uh, Marathon Man, and they're gonna pull a tooth, and then we cut to the garage. And we learn that the rest of the band doesn't like the name Randy Disher Project. So what's Randy's first um, alternative? 
Um, I, was it the Rand? It wasn't the Randy Disher theory. Was it the Randy Disher experience? It was. And then the two okay. other bandmates recommend severe tire damage and metal knights with a K. And then there's the scene. This is the thing I remember probably most about this episode. I think about it a lot. Of have, okay, how about this? The open this newspaper up, and the first word my finger lands on is the name of the band. Baghdad. <laughs> And I just have to say, I'm I'm almost positive there's already a band named Baghdad. There's got to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. then. But as Randy's looking at the newspaper, he sees that there was $13 million in bearer bonds stolen. It wasn't Barry Bonds. Um, it was bearer bonds, which sounds very similar. Yes. To be fair. And so he, you know, he hightails it out of there and uh, and goes, you know, swallows his pride and meets up with uh, Natalie and Sotomayor. Yes. They gotta, and, they gotta save Monk. And when we cut back to the dentist, Monk is begging Dr. Bloom to wash his hands. Um, and he convinces him he does. And then Monk's like, it's gotta be antibacterial soap. Um, what other kind of soap exists? Uh, well, mo- regu- the original soap is not antibacterial, like traditional soap isn't. Um, like bars of soap? Yeah, bars of soap. I mean, they are probably now, but like, yeah, bars of soap aren't. But that's also not necessarily a bad thing. Because antibacterial soap means that it's specifically friendly to kill bacteria. Regular soap does still ca- kill bacteria, not the same rate, which is actually better because antibacterial soap kills good bacteria, which is what um, creates like antibacterial resistant infections and stuff like that. So antibacterial uh. soap is not bad, but it's also like, it's not necessary. It's it's overkill. Unless unless there's like a major bacterial, unless you're like a doctor, you don't need to use antibacterial soap. Anyway, yeah. Um, he decides, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to use the drill. But at the in the nick of time, who busts open? But Captain Leland Stoudemire, Randall Disher, and Natalie Teeger. Uh, yeah, they showed up just on time. You know, at, that's the one thing you could say about this show. Um, we knew Monk wasn't gonna get his teeth pulled. Yeah. I I want one day for that to happen. Like, not something that serious. Well, I guess that's the less serious of things that could happen to him. But I kind of want to see the stakes amped. Uh, you know. Yeah. Pushed up a little bit. Um. And it's all over. They got him. And then Randy's like, I don't have my cuffs. But Stalmer gives him. And you know Randy's back to being a cop. You know? It's in his heart. Right. And then we cut to the tag. And we see the music video to end all music videos. And we talked about it a lot with uh, Jason Gray Stanford. um, But just, I love it. You know what look I'm talking about with the sweat, though? Where he, like, wipes it off. Like, it just, the funniest. Oh, it's so funny. I just like the like the tie dye, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, background and stuff. It's very early '90s, considering it was like 2007 or something. Yeah, but yeah, keep in mind that's when he came up. You know, um, he, if if Randy's the same age as Jason Gray Stanford, he was you know in his early 20s, early 90s. So, um, right, you know that I I just, it's so I love well made bad stuff like, mm-hmm. and for my generation and your generation too, nothing makes me laugh harder. Then when someone successfully parodies like 2009 Windows Movie Maker stuff, like that is the funniest stuff in the world to me. Um, like SNL's done that a couple times, or maybe okay, maybe I'm maybe this is just a me thing. But I think it's just a you thing, and not, not just me. It's definitely not just me because SNL's done it, and like clearly they wouldn't put it on if it wasn't. But like with like cheesy clip art and like uh, public domain music, I just whenever you see stuff like that, I just laugh so hard. And so that's clearly what they're going for. They're going for a very lo-fi. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm talking way too much for something that we can just say is it's funny. Yes, correct. Um, but he reveals, well, because, like, 
I think they start like talking about how good of a video it is and like what are you gonna do next or something like that mm-hmm. because I know he replies at some point that the band actually broke up. Yeah. Um, because they were too successful. Yeah. Know? Like. And Bunk's got bad news though. He's got a loose tooth. He might have to go right. see a dentist. Yeah. Well, good luck to that dentist. Whatever yeah. that is. Whoever yeah. that is. Yeah. That's uh. Anyway, episode out of ten. What'd you give it? Gave it eight and a half. I gave it an eight and a half as well. Now, what did you give the interview with uh, Jason Gray Stanford out of 10? I give it a 10 out of 10, baby. I would say that a, a 10, I laugh at your 10s. I wish I could be in a conversation yes. with a 10. Yes, good. Good yes. one. And just letting you guys know that uh, you can follow the show at Strictly Monken. Andre Rupi will follow you. You could follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. And most importantly, you can follow Jason Gray Stanford at, I don't have it up to you, at. J J J I S Gray Stanford, Jas Gray Stanford, um, please do because he was really really nice and really generous with his time and honestly everyone who's we talked to for this podcast has been uh, awesome, um, yeah, and more important than all that, tune in uh, this f- Friday as we talk the season four finale, Mr. Monk gets jury duty. Wow, I mean, I can't believe we're here already, close to season five. Um, But yeah, let's get monkey, baby. (laughs) 